You are listening to the Future Drive podcast. I'm Jermaine Muller, your host, and every episode I have conversations with great people working on even greater things, and you get to listen in. We talk about where they got started. Oh my goodness, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm going to work in TV. How do I, how do I even, like, I don't know how to present. <laughs> what do I do? What they've done. I started uh, paying me at home with, with no clients. I think uh, within the first six months, we had $600,000 turnover. The next uh, year, it was $9 million and then $15 million. The lessons they have learnt. But we did not get the grant. And we're about two weeks out and $20,000 down. And much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Future Tribe, and welcome to Season 3 of the podcast. Um, you'll notice, actually, that there's a few things that have changed this this season a few things with the podcast with the podcast cover with the intro and things like that so i'd really love to hear what you think about these changes that we've made this season is a little bit different it'll feature all the usual conversations but we'll also hear from three of our team members at future theory the team behind the podcast behind the future tribe podcast um if you didn't know um that that's a good segue to get into our first guest this season on this episode and that's Kelsey. Kelsey is our marketing communications coordinator and she's um, here to discuss a a few few of the changes that I've mentioned above and a few of the changes that we're making at Future Theory. How are you today Kelsey? I'm good thank you. How are you going Jermaine? Good good. Um, It's a little bit funny because we're in two different rooms (laughs) um, recording (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's the best way that uh, we could think of to make it happen. Um, tell us a little bit first about sort of your experience and then tell me a little bit about your experience of Future Theory when you sort of applied for the for the role of, of what, about two, three months ago now? Yeah, gosh, it, does, it feels like it's gone very quickly actually, but yeah, it's about that time now. Um, so yeah, I'm, my background's in marketing, um, graduated from Monash with a Bachelor of Business in Marketing um, and I've sort of worked across a few different roles in the past few years as I'm developing the career. Um, one of those included being in London, which was an incredible experience, really loved that um, and that was at a pharmaceutical company in internal comms and also, you know, various marketing comms roles, just, um, you know, developing different companies, outward facing um, personas, I suppose. Um, so, I mean, yeah, when I sort of, I don't know, it's a bit of an interesting story of how I came to Canberra. I'm not sure if it's appropriate for right now, but, you know, I can go into that a different time. Um, but, you know, I've found myself in Canberra during COVID and had some time to spare. So I was like, oh, you know, let's see what's out there. Um, and this role popped up for Future Theory as a marketing coordinator for a couple of days a week. And I thought, wow, this looks great. You know, it would be a fantastic way to continue to develop my career in a sort of local environment and everything. Um, so I applied for the role, came in, had an interview with Jermaine, and here we are now. So <laughs> Yeah, the rest <laughs> is history, excited. as they say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And yeah, it was just uh, an opportunity to really sort of take a bit of ownership in a company um, and, you know, help take a company somewhere as well um, with a team of very clearly passionate people. So super excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, we should say in, in uh, you have been offered a full-time role, so you'll be coming on and around a lot more. You were, you were with us part-time, but you, you'll be around a lot more. So um, part of the reason why we hired you um, was that we were looking for someone to look at future theory, look at future tribe, look at everything that we're doing. And I guess look at it from an, from an external 
in point of view. Um, Because what I found was thinking about the business, thinking about everyone involved was that everyone who was already involved had almost, what's the saying? Like you can't, when you're so like in the forest, you can't see the trees or something like that. Or you're, you know, we were so sort of lost in it that we didn't necessarily see everything from the outside in. Did you, when you first saw Future Theory and were sort of exposed to the brand, what 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 sort of first um, impressions did you get? What did you understand about what we do? Um, yeah, that's a interesting question because I think, I mean, part of the application process was um, a bit of a practical application, I suppose, where you sort of asked some notes on the website, for example. Um, and I think from memory, I might have ripped into it a little bit. <laughs> hey, that's what we liked. <laughs> we were looking for someone with honesty. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I sort of, um, you know, the website did what it needed to do to an extent, but I think I initially just saw a lot of opportunity for development um, and to take it a little bit further, um, specifically looking at the website. Um, Beyond that, I sort of, you know, I think I had a quite a generic understanding of what the business was, um, just in the context of the space that the work that you do is in. Um, But then, I mean, I guess coming into the interview process, it was very clear the passion and everything that you, Damien, the rest of the team have for what you do. And I think for me, I saw a bit of a disconnect between the website and speaking to you in the interview and how they were presented so differently. So I mean, yeah, I guess first impressions were that the website just wasn't doing the company justice and there was a lot of opportunities to develop further on that. Yeah, I, I, and th- that's something that we identified as well is that, you know, every every organisation that we work with basically all our clients have built something they work on something where them they make it themselves or they get someone to develop it a few years ago sort of thing before they come to us and what we find is that and ironically enough we were in a similar position um what we found and what we find is that people just sort of it it just it's enough for a little while so you just create that and you let it let it stay and you sort of get stagnant um where in reality an organization um especially an organization that's thriving sort of continues to change and continues to evolve and it's important that a website and everything that you do sort of represents that um for us you know we'd when we built that website it was not that long ago but we were sort of at at sort of a point where we were starting to ramp up and things have changed a fair bit since then but you know when we introduced the podcast the podcast the podcast presence on the website was very sort of ad hoc if I, I don't know if you felt like if it looked like it to you but it looked like it was just like glued in sort of just attached as this side thing did you did you see things like that through the website and and through sort of your initial interaction before you came in um i mean yeah i suppose a little bit um yeah as i said it sort of just didn't feel like a overly cohesive sort of website um that pulled together and communicated really effectively what you guys do and all the passion and everything um and i think yeah when it comes to the podcast as well obviously that wasn't uh as present i think when you did the website um so sort of chucking that on afterwards it's quite easy to fall into that trap of not considering it as part of the overall website um, and having it sort of tacked on in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah. And then when you joined, we had, we had a logo, we had, we had the 
the bones of some sort of brand. But I think what we've done over the last, just the last few months is really start to flesh things out. Um, and what we needed was this external person. And I keep telling Kelsey, you know, we want to get all this stuff done from, from, like get get I guess Kelsey's output before she gets she gets into the same mentality. Not not that it's a bad mentality. <laughs> too stuck into yeah, it. you you become part of it, right? And then you just don't see, um, or don't always see the bits and pieces that that a completely independent third party might see. So we we just tried to over the last few months. What you will see is and and tomorrow or you know, on the Friday. So this episode will come out on a Thursday as, as usual. And on the Friday, we'll be launching our new website. What you'll also see with that is that Future Theory has now got a new logo, a new website, and we've taken the time to really consider who we are, what we are, and position ourselves and make sure that the whole website is a true reflection of, of that. So if you want to, I, I guess I want to get into a little bit about rebranding because it's not... I think some people see it as a very like easy thing um, where people just want to like, they just want to start like create a new logo. They just want to, they just want to do it and it's so easy, but let's get into a little bit about what should be considered um, when you're looking at sort of creating a new logo, creating a new brand, or at least refreshing and replacing um, what you already had. Cause there's some equity with any logo, especially if you're a functioning business. Right. So it's not a, it's not a light task. Like for us, I mean, how many, we, we worked on hundreds of different sort of ideas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think we had about 250 sketches all up and that's just the sketches beyond just what's going on in the thoughts and all the other yeah. process and everything as well. That's what we sort of yeah. end up putting on paper. I mean, let's talk about the, that, that, that process. So what we were doing were was that essentially different people were coming up with ideas and then they were doing some self selection and then presenting it to everyone. And um, we were discussing it. But I think for me, one of the big things that came out of that conversation was that we were looking for a logo that was simple enough, like condensed down to the bare minimum while still being unique, while still representing future theory, while still being flexible. And a big thing that I picked up from this whole journey was that it was, we wanted to come up with a logo. And and I think this applies to most organizations. Um, We wanted to come up with a logo that didn't have any negatives rather than a logo that had a whole bunch of positives, because I feel like you can fall into the trap of coming up with a perfect logo that fits all these arbitrary requirements do, do you sure. sort of agree with that yeah a hundred percent um it was interesting sort of going through the whole process of it and realizing i guess from the initial stages of all right we need a new logo to then figuring out what actually really had to go into the logo it was a lot um and i think we sort of went back and forth between trying to put a lot into it and trying to communicate a lot of things and then scaling it back and then sort of going back and forth a lot and i guess just seeing all the different iterations that all of the team members were coming up with as well. It was really interesting to work together on that with all the different viewpoints and sort of what we were trying to achieve with it. Um, But I mean, I think we ended up at a really nice spot, which as you said, wasn't trying to achieve all of these amazing positive things and have this like incredible wow logo, just sort of having something that isn't, you know, offensive, I suppose. And it's, it just does the job as it needs to do. It'll last a while um, before we have to sort of revisit it again. And it's, you know, really versatile and usable. Um, and I think that's what we've 
we've ended up with, which is really positive. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. when it comes to a logo, that's the important thing. And, and a lot of people, um, and, and, you know, another thing that we came up with is that we didn't need a, a logo shouldn't be an explainer of what you do. It should be an identifier of who you are um, in the sense that the Nike tick or the McDonald's, you know, golden arches don't actually tell you that, you know, Nike is a sportswear brand or that McDonald's is a, is a fast food franchise. Um, what they do tell you though, is that this is McDonald's and this is Nike. Um, and there's a little bit of a difference between logo and brand as well. Um, and we'll get into that, that shortly because for anyone thinking about a logo, thinking about rebranding, um, or thinking about designing a new logo and setting up a new logo, I think it's important to think about the difference between the two. Um, so as we wrap up the logo side of things, um, I guess this is just us saying when you think about your logo, think about something that just works in as many instances as possible. And to an extent doesn't evoke too much, you know, positive or negative feeling because I think when it, when something does that, that means that it's polarizing in some way. And when something's polarizing, that generally tends to be, it tends to mean that it has some sort of time limit on it, some sort of finite sort of restrictions um, because a trend's going to pass or a color's going to go out of fashion or, you know, the the boss of a business is going to change or the marketing manager is going to change and suddenly you end up with, well, you know, it's a polarizing thing and the other person is on the opposite end of what the, what the original people sort of felt. And For then sure. you're stuck sort of having to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, I mean, polarizing can be good for some companies, but it's very difficult to pull off. And you just don't really want to be going down that path. Um, I mean, as you said as well with colours, we sort of, an interesting thing we ha- did go through was changing the Future Theory blue just slightly, but enough that it wasn't quite so in your face, I suppose, um, which I think was a really good exercise. I'm pretty happy with that as well. Well, it was all part of maturing as well. Like originally, a few years ago, our original colours were purple and yellow and they were like, they were completely blinding and they were neon intense colors to put together yeah yeah they don't really work together either but the whole point at that time was to hand people say a business card that was almost like i think of it as like a business card that was like glowing like like uranium because it was it was we were young we were happy to be polarizing because at the time being different let us stand out but then as we've matured, we then end up with the blue that was still sort of a fairly intense blue because we were still sort of on the journey to maturing. And then now that we've reached a position where, you know, we've, we've nowhere near reached all the people who we want to reach as, as future theory, as a brand, but we've reached a place where we can start to mature. We can start to be a little bit, a little bit more palatable to more people um, because we don't need to stand out to a minority, we need to be accepted by a majority because we can, we have the capacity to help more people as well. And that was part of that journey. And, you know, if you're listening to this, I could, I would also add, think about having one color for your, one color for your brand. You might have different colors in your logo, but try and have as, as few elements as possible when it comes to your logo, when it comes to colors, fonts, things like that, because nowadays everyone's just low attention, 
hard to keep attention, hard to get attention. Mm-hmm. So you want as you have a few couple things. of seconds. Yeah, exactly. And within a couple of seconds, if you have too many things to notice, people aren't going to remember all those things. Um, it's much easier to show someone two things for five seconds than to show someone 10 things for one second each, you know, what's, what's more likely to be remembered. And that's, that's sort of what we had to go through as well. And, you know, look into color psychology, like it's, it's crazy when you look into color psychology, all the, the meanings behind colors and, and, and things like that. But let's, let's now get into brand a little bit. What would you define brand as or branding as? Obviously it's more than just the logo because the logo for anyone listening a logo is literally you know a symbol a sign some text um that that is an identifier of your it's like a signature but mm-hmm. what's branding how would you put put it kelsey <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> um i mean yeah branding it's an interesting one um but i mean branding really encompasses everything about who you are um and it does go beyond just that visual element of the logo. Um, as we sort of have touched on, it mentions, you know, the colors, for example, but it also talks about brand personality and that really initial understanding of your business from those visual cues, from how you interact with people, from even sometimes like location of office can be a really interesting one. And especially in Canberra, you know, there's certain areas that can be like young and trendy or, you know, where you choose can impact your brand because it can communicate certain things about who you are and what you want to be. Um, it's gosh, I mean, branding is a whole, a whole different podcast that you could go into really. It's, it's such a massive topic to go into, but I mean, yeah, I think for us. Do you think it's sort of fair to say that a logo is someone's signature and, but the brand is your personality, what you wear, how you wear it, what you carry, like how you carry yourself, you know, to an extent where for you sure. work and where you live as well. Hello, Future Tribe. I just wanted to take a break from this episode to talk to you, yes, you, about the fact that you are listening to this episode, but you're not subscribing. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button right now. It really helps us out. While I've got your attention, I should also ask you to join our Facebook community. There's a link in the description. Check out the YouTube channel for unedited full-length clips of the podcast. And tell your friends, ask them to subscribe. By the way, if you have any suggestions of who we should try and get on the podcast next and who we should have a conversation with, reach out to us. All our social links and contact details are in the description. That's it from me for now. Back to the episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think branding is super important as well for the people that you're working with because for them... They want to be working with somebody they either identify with, they want who they want to be, for example. All these different, uh, I guess, targets that you're going for with your brand can influence who's coming to work with you, really. So, you know, it's 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 very important. Well, I mean, massive job. I, I don't know. I don't think I've I counted the number of times that I've, I was talking to the team and I was explaining to you guys, like, our, our, our ultimate goal isn't to build more websites, isn't to design more logos. It is to help more people make something of, you know, make their goals come true, whatever they may be, whether it's to <laughs> right behind Kelsey, if you're watching the video, she's, um, she's in our meeting room. So there's the, we've put up a slogan behind so that every client who comes in can see what we're trying to do. Um, and she's pointing it out, but you know, for a little while there, you, no one else apart from myself and Damien, who's a, who's a director of the business as well. Um, 
apart from us or even Damien to an extent didn't really get what we were working towards. Um, and the more we've sort of started to flesh it out, the more we've talked about brand and um, branding and, and our services, I think you guys have come closer and closer to understanding the ultimate goal, which is to help people make their goals come true um, and not necessarily build more websites or, you know, execute more marketing strategies or anything like that. And like you were touching on, Kelsey, having a solid brand means that when you sort of employ someone, they, would you say they even self-select because they, I mean, I, I would say so, right? Like you wouldn't apply to work with a company that you disagree with. No, absolutely. And I mean, that's such a massive thing as well in the recruitment process these days. That's why values and things are so significant. And that sort of plays into the whole brand because it is who you stand for. And it's very difficult, even from a client sort of side of things, working with a company and teaming up with a company, if you don't agree with their values or who they are or what they're trying to do, it's very hard to sort of, well, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense so. to go in, walk in the door, sort of thinking to yourself, oh, we disagree on a, on a few, you know, important points, but we're still going to try and work together. Like that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's just not going to be a good relationship from the start, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like anyone and everyone should be thinking about not just their logo, but their branding as well, because branding comes in for, for even things like, like, you know, what you post on Instagram or social media, how you sign off on emails, um, what your email signature looks like. How do you answer the phone? Like, you know, do you answer the phone and say, you know, hello, this is Future Theory. Jermaine Muller, the director is speaking with you. How can I help you? You know, or do you just say, hi, Future Theory, Jermaine speaking. How, you know, how can I help? Or Jermaine speaking, just leave it at that. Like even small things like that affect your brand because you're also talking to talking in a way that, you know, I guess pushes forward who you want to work with as well. Um, we really enjoy being uh, quite casual is probably the wrong word, maybe informal with how we do things, but then being very formal with how we report and how we track and how we look at um, the results that we generate. Um, because for us, you know, we, we I guess, and, and it applies to sort of who we work with as well. Um, we care more about the results um, than necessarily how someone looks or what someone wears. And, and our brand, I think, sort of encompasses that. Um, would you would you sort of agree with that, Kelsey? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think another part of it as well is just in that sort of informal versus formal, focusing the formal stuff on, as you said, results and things, but having that informality so that when we do have people, you know, clients coming in or we're meeting with people, it's not sort of a stressful thing where, you know, all of us have to dress up and it's, you know, really cutthroat kind of stuff. It's just casual conversation and we're free to sort of have open discussions about things and it really sets a good mood for working with the clients that we do work with. Yeah, because we want to hear when, you know, if we've not done something that they're happy with or not not quite say ticking the right boxes, we want to hear that from our clients and we want to we want to set a tone that that's completely fine. Please let us know because at the end of the day, we want to make your goals come true. We don't necessarily want to leave every meeting with, you know, feeling happy and um, having, having, um, feeling like we're on top of the world. That's not what we're after. Um, because if your goals aren't being met, if you're not sort of ticking things off, then we, we need to be unhappy um, because, because that's what we exist to do. Um, and we do that in a, in a multitude of ways um, that we've generally sort of, I guess, outlined into five different areas that's um, websites 
marketing and design. So that sort of encompasses our professional services. And then we get into community and the podcast, which sort of gets into our other two areas at this point, we've got more things happening, but um, it's still a little bit too early to announce the other things. But this is, I guess, my segue to, into Future Tribe the and the community side of things. So you would have noticed if, you, if you're listening to this episode that we've got a new intro. We've actually got a new podcast cover as well and more of a logo for Future Tribe. And then part of that is that we're very excited to launch our Facebook group, um, which is our effort to build out a community of people who um, basically are optimistic, go-getters who want to do amazing things with their lives, whatever they may be. We want to be there to support you um, and we want to be there to, um, I guess, assist you and help you and enable you to make your your goals come true. Is there anything that I missed with with that little spiel? <laughs> no, I think that's a pretty comprehensive you know, elevator pitch for it. Um, I mean, obviously within the group, we'll be able to explain a little further about some of the discussions and things we'll be able to have, but I think you've covered it pretty well. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very new. We've attempted to do it in the past, but we haven't really had the resourcing to do so, but we're really investing into this moving forward. We've got a lot of content coming out on the website, um, on the future theory website. Um, we've got the Facebook group. Um, so this, I guess, um, is a bit of a call out to to you the listener to anyone listening um please check us out we'll have all the links in the in the description um have a look at our new website when it when it launches um um on the last friday of october so that's the 30th of october um we'll be launching our web new website um as always like we'd love to hear what you think about all of this, um, what you think about what we've done. And of course, we'd love to hear if we can um, help you with with any of this um, moving forward. Um, I think that that is, is there anything else that we haven't talked about, Kelsey, that um, is worth mentioning? Uh, no, I mean, I think you've pretty much covered it all. Um, I mean, I guess in a little bit of a summary, everything we're sort of doing at the moment is a very like deliberate push. Um, in sort of the future direction of future theory um, and what we're, trying, what we're trying to do in terms of the community and everything. Um, and I think even with, you know, as we were talking about with the branding and that really informal sort of stuff, this new Facebook group that we're building is an extension of that in a way um, where it's just enabling that open communication just to have chats and get that assistance and whatever, it, you know, you sort of want it to be. It's, yeah, it's really exciting. Really looking forward to it all moving forward. Yeah, it's it's all new. It's um it's exciting, but at the same time, I think it's scary with with anything new, <laughs> um, <laughs> because sure. we're really yep. <laughs> putting putting our necks out there trying trying to do all these things. Um, but ultimately, you know, we come from a position and a place of believing that um you know we we exist to help as many people as we can, and there are so many like knowledge is power and we want to we want to start you know sharing all these things with with everyone we want to be as transparent as possible with with what we do as well i think um a lot of organizations companies think that holding their cards close to their chest is is a positive thing um or always something that they need to do to sort of protect themselves but i think um we perhaps represent a little bit of a, a shift um in in companies sort of moving forward um I think there's a lot more sharing happening nowadays. There's a lot more, lot more transparency. And while that's sort of 
it's a bit it's scary because <laughs> we're we're really being candid about everything, um, and that just means that we can't filter out the bad things that happen, and fi- we can't filter <laughs> out the mistakes that are made. But it helps us, you know, helps us provide value. That's 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 what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, I think having that sort of open, honest conversation and everything, even if it is the negatives. It can only be positive, which is a bit of a weird thing to say, but um, I think people really value that openness. And, you know, even if there is negatives, it's more sort of lessons learned. Um, and, you know, the more that you're exposed to that sort of stuff, if you're seeing other people do things and they're like, All right, hey, here's how not to do it, then you don't have to go through it yourself. And, it, you know, it can only be positive. It can only build from there. Or even on the other end of, you know, hey, we we ourselves went through so many different iterations of a logo, for example. Like I, I think back to, you know, what we've done and there are so many things that I'm just thinking in my head, like we would never do this with a client because we know it doesn't work. But then, but then <laughs> we go down the same road ourselves and we do it because... I don't even know. I guess it's just because we're, we're, we're human. We just sort of lose that self-control when it's all internal and we're just like, okay, we're going to come up with 250 different variations. Um, (laughs) I did not see us coming up with that many and I was absolutely shocked when we counted them up and I'm sure that there's more that we just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like Gosh, stuff that's just been sketched on bits and pieces that have not been collated and collected. Um, because you know, when it comes to logos, like just just yesterday, we um, did a presentation to a client and I showed them two different logo options and that was it. And internally, we may have gone through 10 to 15, but, you know, 250, that's, that's a lot. I, I just don't, <laughs> I can't think of a project where we would have had to do that. But I think that just speaks to how hard it is to do branding and logo for yourself. And I think I've even seen mm-hmm. that happen um, in other mediums. I don't know if you've had that experience where, where sort of a client tries to do something internally and then they come to you and because you're looking in from the outside, you can, you can make decisions, you can make calls, you can make, um, I guess like educated perception sort of decisions Mm -hmm. and choices that, that, um, this is not sort of advertising our services, but at the end of the day, we can look in from the outside and make you like decide things and make you, um, I guess, decipher what you're feeling much easier than you can internally with all your, you know, thoughts and things that you've, you've come up with and things that your family members have said, or your partners have said (laughs) in the past. And, um, I think externally, you definitely get, you can be a lot more brutally honest. Um, you're sort of not weighed down in all these different opinions and you're not, I mean, you're just not biased. And I think that's a really important thing. And I think for us, even me sort of coming in newish, but understanding the business enough when we were going through all of this logo design, the reason we got to 250 plus is because we're sort of, we are involved in it. And it is harder to take that external look at it and be really brutally honest with yourself um, as much as you force yourself to. You just, you, as you said, we're human. You get stuck in it. Yeah, and I think part, part of that as well is something else that I, I really, really sort of learned through this was that we need a logo and we need branding that represents um, who we want to be and who we will be in the future, not necessarily just representing who we are and even more critically, who we were. Um, and I think when you're coming from at it from an internal point of view, most people end up representing who they were and who the business was because you think about 
you know, all the clients that you used to work with, um, you might still work with them, but you think about the past and you think about who you are now versus what you really need to be doing is thinking about who you want to be, where you want to go aspirational, because otherwise what happens when, you know, 12 months down the line, you've grown so much and you've changed so much that you're now actually representing yourselves with this outdated imagery and branding so it's a bit of it's a bit of a trap and even asking i think asking too many people for their opinion as well i think can can be a little bit of a (laughs) yeah very easy trap to fall into but you're sort of like oh i you know i need all these opinions but you just you don't need all the opinions well and and (laughs) i mean you think you do right because you're like well we're just gonna have to go based off what all these other people think but then yeah within a business who do you ask you're not, you're not, you're, you're never asking, you know, potential customers what they think of your uh, branding and your logo. Who you end up asking is your partner, your staff, people who already have this, these very solidified ideas about who you are, who your brand is. They have very solid ideas of not necessarily who you're going to be either. Um, because really you're the only one who has to, has that. And then ultimately mm. they're not going to be your customer. They're not going to be your no, client. No, they're not your target market. No, so, so it doesn't matter. You know, you're sort of asking the wrong person anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you end up asking the wrong person. And that's another thing that you you quickly sort of mentioned there, the target market. Um, that's another exercise that um, we really had to go through to define um, who our target groups are, who our target markets are. Um, because when we know who we're talking to we can talk to them much easier you know simple simple example of um if you're talking to someone who only speaks french you're not going to speak to them in english are you no. <laughs> so having just crazy you're exactly. not going to be getting anywhere with that exactly yeah. um and that applies to other democrat other sort of i guess characteristics of a, of a target market um their age their gender um what stage of life they're in what their budget is because you know if you're trying to sell a hundred thousand dollar car to someone who's looking for their first car and they're just, you know, turned 17, you're not going to have a lot of luck. You're <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, <laughs> it, it applies to everyone and every, anyone as well. Like you should be thinking about these things. So that was a bit of a protracted end to this episode. We ended up sort of <laughs> going off in tangents, but this is all really important to anyone who's thinking about, branding, logo, logo design, just brand in general. Um, I also hope that it was a nice little explainer, a bit of a, a bit of an inside look as to why we are doing what we're doing in terms of the Future Theory rebrand, in terms of Future Tribe rebranding. Like I mentioned at the, the start of this episode, so this is our first conversation with um, one of three of our um, team members who will be guesting on this season. Um, we've also got a conversation with Hayden and I. Hayden's the podcast editor um, manager. So we'll be talking about a few things in sort of mid-season and then we'll actually be finishing off this season of the podcast with a conversation with um, Damien, who's who's also director in the business. And um, what we'll be doing by that point is actually reflecting back on what we've just talked about in terms of the new website, new logo, um, and really looking at did those things work for us and how those things work for us. So sprinkled in um, with all these conversations that we're having, we've had some really interesting conversations with um, business owners, um, with people who do amazing community work. We've got 2018's ACT Australian of the Year 
on this season of the um, podcast. Um, we've got a politician who's also a sustainable sort of environmental advocate. We've got a whole number of um, guests that I'm really excited for you to hear our conversations with. And on that note, thanks for joining me, Kelsey. Thanks for having me on. It's been really, really fun. Yeah, it was, you looked a bit um, anxious at the start, but I think <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a fun thing to be able to, hop on and have a conversation with someone candidly and um you know record it and then push it out there as a as a podcast episode for everyone else to hear absolutely yeah thanks so much for having me on